0: to the European Heart Journal Case Reports. My name is Dr. Saad Fires, and I'm one of the podcast editors. Today, we'll be discussing a case report by Dr. Akash Parekh, Vivek Sengupta, and Mark Zainier from the McLaren-McComb Medical Center in Michigan in the United States, entitled An Unusual Case Report of Stress-Induced Cardiomyopathy, Presenting as Ventricular Fibrillation, Cardiopulmonary Arrest, and Third-Degree Atrioventricular Block. The case describes a 63-year-old female with a history of systemic hypertension, diabetes, diverticular disease, and chronic low back pain, normally taking amlodipine, analgesia, antidepressants, and most importantly, no rate-limiting medications. She was a current smoker with no history of alcohol or substance misuse. She was found unresponsive in confirmed cardiac arrest and received bystander cardiopulmonary resuscitation. The emergency services confirmed ventricular fibrillation and proceeded to defibrillate her three times, supported with intravenous adrenaline and sodium bicarbonate, establishing return of spontaneous circulation after a total of 37 minutes downtime. The immediate post resuscitation electrocardiogram demonstrated nonspecific ST segment changes and diffused T wave inversion, which quickly progressed into third degree atrioventricular block. She was intubated and ventilated. On admission, the troponin level was negative at less than 0.015 nanograms per milliliter with a lactic acidosis of 10 millimoles per litre and hypokalemia of 2.5 millimoles per litre. Immediate bedside echocardiography demonstrated severely impaired left ventricular systolic function of 25% with an akinetic apex and anterior septum. Computed tomography imaging excluded an acute pulmonary embolism, or aortic syndrome, as the cause of the cardiac arrest, but did demonstrate calcification of the left anterior descending and circumflex arteries. She was investigated with left and right heart catheterization, which did not show any significant coronary artery disease. A left ventricular gram showed ballooning of the left ventricle. A formal transthoracic echocardiogram several hours after presentation confirmed an ejection fraction of 15-20% to with severe hypokinesia of the anterior, anteroseptal, lateral and apical walls of the heart resembling cardiomyopathy. A repeat echocardiogram several days later showed an improvement in the ejection fraction to 60-65% with mid- to with mid-to-apical anterior wall hypokinesia. The patient required a temporary transvenous pacemaker and was pacemaker-dependent throughout her stay despite the resolution of her echocardiographic parameters. She made a good neurological recovery, was extubated, and subsequently implanted with a dual-chamber implantable cardiac defibrillator to treat the underlying atrioventricular block and for secondary prevention given the initial ventricular arrhythmia. On discharge, she was commenced on carvedolol, aspirin, and atorvastatin. Echocardiography in an outpatient setting confirmed a stable ejection fraction of 60-65% to 65%, and her device interrogation showed pacemaker dependence in the absence of any ventricular arrhythmias. Takotsubo syndrome derives its name from the Japanese word for octopus due to the shape of the left ventricle at the end of systole. There are several different names in the literature including broken heart syndrome, stress cardiomyopathy and apical ballooning syndrome. It can present with chest pain, dyspnea, or syncope, and is characterized by temporary wall motion abnormality of the left ventricle, with common features with acute coronary syndrome such as ECG abnormalities, elevated cardiac biomarkers, and a comparable in-hospital mortality with ST elevation myocardial infarction. Takotsubo includes a spectrum of emotional or physical triggers with subsequent left ventricular dysfunction. The exact mechanism is not fully understood, although sympathetic stimulation is central to the pathophysiology. There are a number of different criteria, including the Mayo Clinic diagnostic criteria, which are widely known. However, most recently, the International Takotsubo Diagnostic Criteria, were published in 2018. This describes transient left ventricular dysfunction presenting as one of the four major types, including apical ballooning or midventricular, basal, or focal wall motion abnormalities, which potentially involve the right ventricle. The regional wall motion abnormalities usually extend beyond the vascular territory, although focal takotsubo subtending a single coronary artery territory has been reported. Emotional, physical, or a combined trigger can precede the takotsubo syndrome, but is not obligatory, and neurological events such as subarachnoid hemorrhage may serve as triggers for takotsubo. Additionally, new ECG abnormalities including ST segment elevation or depression, T-wave changes, left bundle branch block or QT changes may be expected, although again, rarely cases do exist without any changes. Cardiac biomarkers tend to be elevated, although a peak troponin is substantially lower compared to a classical acute coronary syndrome, and significant coronary artery disease should not necessarily contradict a diagnosis of Takotsubo. Furthermore, there should be no concurrent evidence of myocarditis. There is a predilection towards postmenopausal women, and it should be noted that acute coronary syndrome itself may be a trigger for Takotsubo. The European Society of Cardiology proposed a diagnostic algorithm for Takotsubo. Patients with ST elevation should undergo an invasive coronary angiogram on an emergent basis with left ventriculography to exclude myocardial infarction. In patients without an ST elevation, the intertact diagnostic criteria score can be used with a higher score more suggestive of Takotsubo. We briefly outlined the ECG changes associated with Takotsubo. And like acute coronary syndrome, the ECG changes in Takotsubo show temporal evolution. Initially, there is resolution of ST segment elevation if this is present, followed by progressive T-wave inversion and QT interval prolongation. Subsequently, there is gradual resolution over days to weeks. The ECG findings are influenced by the geographic pattern of the ventricular changes, whereby T-wave changes are associated with the presence of myocardial edema and may persist for several months even after LV contractile recovery. QT prolongation is a substrate for torsade de ventricular tachycardia and may be a prognostic marker for sudden cardiac death. Currently, Coronary angiography with left ventriculography is considered the gold standard diagnostic tool to exclude or confirm takotsubo. Echocardiography is used to assess changes in left ventricular function and regional wall motion abnormalities and identify the complications of takotsubo including left ventricular outflow tract obstruction and mitral regurgitation. CT coronary angiography can be utilised if there is a contraindication to invasive assessment and cardiac magnetic resonance imaging in the subacute phase can be used to quantify ventricular function and characterise myocardial tissue. Specific cardiac magnetic resonance criteria for Takotsubo have recently been developed to aid diagnosis. Takotsubo was generally considered a benign and reversible disease, although cardiogenic shock and death is comparable to acute coronary syndrome. The hemodynamic and electrical instability in the acute phase exposes patients to a risk of serious adverse outcome in up to one in five patients and therefore warrants close monitoring and early intervention. Parameters which predict adverse outcome include physical triggers such as a neurological event, an initial troponin greater than 10 times the reference limit, and a presenting ejection fraction of less than 45%. Furthermore, male patients have a threefold increased rate of death and major adverse events, usually due to concurrent underlying critical illness. Complications include cardiac death, pump failure, sustained ventricular tachycardia or fibrillation, and advanced atrioventricular block. These arrhythmias coincide with anterolateral T wave inversion and QT prolongation beyond 500 milliseconds, with pause dependent torsade de pointe degenerating into ventricular fibrillation. Longer-term data is scarce, however some data suggest the long-term outcome of Takotsubo is similar to that of patients with coronary artery disease. Patients who survived the initial event may have a second event in approximately 5% of cases, mostly occurring anywhere between 3 weeks and 3.7 years from the index event. The triggering event and ballooning pattern may differ during the event recurrences. Guidelines regarding the management of takotsubo are lacking due to a lack of prospective clinical trials in this population, and strategies are based on experience and expert consensus. In the acute phase, given the difficulty in distinguishing from acute coronary syndrome, the patient should be transferred to a cardiac unit with imaging and invasive cardiac catheterization laboratories and receive guideline-directed treatment for acute coronary syndrome, including aspirin, heparin, and if required, morphine and oxygen. ECG monitoring is essential. Patients should be evaluated for the presence of left ventricular outflow tract obstruction which occurs in 20% of cases, ideally during angiography with LV pressure recording using a pigtail catheter. Levosimandan, a calcium sensitizer, may be used in preference to catecholaminergic inotropes. Beta blockers may be used to improve left ventricular through tract obstruction, but is contraindicated in acute and severe heart failure with low ejection fraction, hypotension and bradycardia. Due to the potential risk of pause-dependent torsades, beta blockers should be used cautiously if there is bradycardia and a QT interval of greater than 500 milliseconds when corrected. ACE inhibitors or angiotensin II receptor blockers may facilitate left ventricular recovery. Diuretics are indicated in the case of pulmonary edema and nitroglycerin may be useful to reduce filling pressures and afterload in cases of acute heart failure but should be avoided where there is an outflow tract gradient. Longer term, the use of an ACE inhibitor was associated with improved survival at one year although there is no survival benefit with beta blockers. In the presence of coronary atherosclerosis, aspirin and statin is recommended as per normal guidelines. Learning points. It is very rare for stress-induced cardiomyopathy to cause ventricular fibrillation and cardiac arrest. In addition, stress-induced cardiomyopathy can lead to a complete heart block, which can persist even upon resolution of the patient's takotsubo. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this fascinating case. Please do visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR to read this article in full with the references and review other case reports. Music is computer by state shirt.